0: Welcome
1: to the audio podcast of Believer's House. We are a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church in the city of Halifax, Nova Scotia, called to lead people to Jesus, make them more like him, and see them lead others to him. We hope this message you're about to listen to inspires you to become more like Jesus in your thoughts, words, and actions.
2: my mentor, okay? You know, when, when we were doing our pastoral theology uh, program and we needed to do an internship, uh, I've never told him this, but I actually sent a letter to three major churches in the city. Three major churches. I sent a letter to them. Don't be distracted. This is the best part of the story, okay? Now, those are the churches that I thought, you know, at least, you know, if this one's allow me to learn under them, I will, I'll turn out right, <laughs> you know? But AJ was actually the only person that responded. The other people responded, one other person responded, but the response is like when you are looking for a job, you know, when you send application for a job, this is free internship, you know, they said, right now we don't have any space for anything like this, we wish you good luck, you know, but AG actually responded and, and you know, it was surprising to me because not, not only did he respond, he took his time listening to my Simons online, he was quoting my Simons to me when we were talking. Ah, I said, wow, this man, <laughs> you know, and since then it has been a very, very interesting relationship you know he learns a lot of things from me that he doesn't know weird things that we do in nigeria <laughs> and i teach and i learned a lot of things too about here so i, I was telling him that this is like uh, where we are going believer's house is kind of like a hybrid church so i'm going to bring the fire of nigerian church you know and we'll merge it with the cool church <laughs> you know of canada so so you will see a hybrid version we are not yet there yet but you will see it. it's coming through all right, gradually, and God is helping us. That's why we are, we're a multicultural church. That's why we have, you know, different nationalities here. So I'm really excited today that he chose. I've been trying so hard from the, from the beginning of time in memory. I've been trying to get him to come here, you know. But he's a, you know, he's a big man of God. And when you're a big man of God, it's not easy. All right, let me read the introduction. Because if I continue like this, uh, I will just, <laughs> I'll take all the time. All right, Pastor AJ Thomas is the lead pastor of Deepwater Church. One of the fastest growing churches in Atlantic Canada with campuses in Halifax, Dartmouth, and BLT. BLT is short for Beachville, Lakeside, Timberley. That's about to happen. I don't know how he does it, but it is well. AJ led the team that planted Deepwater Church 15 years ago in 2007. I think that deserves a round of applause. Yeah, I think that deserves a round of applause because 15 years from now, man, Believers House will be the church in Halifax. 15 years from now. He's a gifted communicator and he serves and leads with humility and God-given insight. He loves hearing people's stories, loves to see transformation, and loves taking big risks, uh, risky steps of faith to see God's kingdom move forward in Halifax. I think he told me once that one of his major life assignments is the redemption of Halifax. And I'm I'm shocked that one human being can be so committed (laughs) to a city. (laughs) You know, it's amazing, honestly. Uh, AJ is also one of our oversight pastors here. Uh, And in case you don't know, this is, apart from Pastor PK that came for the anniversary and Pastor Dio, you are the only other pastor that has come here to preach. Because we are very deliberate and very, very intentional (laughs) about what we do. So, with Jesus' joy, uh, the Believer's House, welcome. We are honored to have AJ with us this morning. Please give him a a warm welcome as he comes.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you. It's great to be here. Uh, I've been excited for this. I've been looking forward to it. Uh, I don't get out much. Uh, (laughs) I have enough responsibilities at my church. I don't often get to go somewhere else. Uh, And it's fun to be able to just tell everyone else you take care of it. Back home today, I'm going to go hang out uh, at Believer's House. And uh, it is an honor to be here with you. Uh, It's been an honor to get to know Shayun and Dorcas uh, over the last probably two and a half, three years or so. And uh, I'm just really glad to be here with you. Uh, my head has kind of been uh, in Easter for the last little while. That's kind of where my thoughts have been. That's where my heart's been. And, and so I'm going to share with you a message uh, today that might feel a week early. Uh, but every Sunday, we celebrate the resurrection. So I don't think it's a bad, like it's not bad to talk about the resurrection on a Sunday that is an Easter. That seems like a weird thought to have. Uh, so we're just going to, we're going to dive in here. And uh, I just want to share, I want to give a heads up to the guys at the back. Uh, my text all just changed and stuff, and you're not going to have anything that uh, to put on the screen. But I'll tell you guys what it is. You can look it up. It's not their fault. It's mine. Uh, so uh, before I dive in, I do just want to say uh, it, it is an honor to be here. And uh, I'm so glad that you've extended uh, the opportunity to me. And uh Pastor Shayun, and I certainly do know what it's like, especially in those early days, man, how nervous, like, this is your baby. And you're like, I'm gonna let somebody else hold my baby for half an hour here. And uh, how nerve-wracking that could be. I remember the first few people I invited to come speak at Deepwater. I was like, this guy better be sharp. Like, he can't be, me- I've been working hard on this. I can't have him messing it up for me. And so it's an honor, genuinely, uh, that you would trust me with this. Uh, I want us to look at the account of the resurrection in John chapter 20, Starting at verse 1, it says, Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb. While it was still dark. That's pretty fitting that she came in the darkness. There'd been a lot of darkness in the story of Jesus so far. In Matthew 27, we find that two days earlier, as Jesus was dying on the cross, from noon to three... Darkness fell across the land, and Jesus died in the darkness. In Matthew 26, we read that the night before, he was gathered with his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he surrendered to the will of the Father, saying, not my will, but yours be done. He prayed that prayer in the darkness. Almost immediately after that, Judas arrived and betrayed Jesus with a kiss. In the darkness. A few hours later, Jesus would be put through a sham of a trial in the darkness. And Peter, one of his closest disciples, would deny him three times in the darkness. Darkness wasn't new to Jesus. In fact, in Luke chapter 2, we can read the story of how he shows up in this world is born and placed in a manger in Bethlehem in the darkness. And so, early on Sunday morning, right, in the darkness, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, Interestingly enough, the one Jesus loved is generally a reference to John, and you'll remember we're reading the Gospel of John, so John is basically going like, the one he loved, me, Uh, right? uh, She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb. We don't know where they've put him. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first, He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who'd reached the tomb first, again, remember, that's John, also went in and he saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the Scriptures that said, Jesus must rise from the dead. Let's pray. Father, be with us as we look at your word this morning. Father, would you by your Holy Spirit speak a word of encouragement,
0: a word that builds our faith, a word that strengthens our resolve, that deepens our radical commitment. to being on mission with you. We ask this in Jesus name. Amen. So
1: when John is talking about this resurrection moment, right, that it's discovered right just in the as the morning's about to break while it's still dark. I can't help but wonder if that wasn't what he had in mind way back in the beginning of his gospel in John 1, 1 to 5, when he wrote this. In the beginning, the Word, that's talking about Jesus, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created and this life brought light To everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The resurrection of the Word become flesh, Jesus Christ. That's what we celebrate ultimately when we gather every Sunday. That's why Christians meet on Sunday, because that's the day Christ rose from the dead, It's the unparalleled example, the definitive proof, the ultimate declaration, the resurrection is that the light does shine in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. We live in a dark world and sometimes it seems hopeless. I'm sure Mary and the disciples were feeling the the full weight of that hopelessness that morning as they went to a tomb expecting to find the body of their master. On the cross, the darkness of this world had thrown everything it had at Jesus sin, hell, death, the grave, the full power of the devil, the full depravity of humanity, the full fallenness of creation, the full consequence of sin, the full destructiveness of death. All that darkness was poured out on Jesus at the crucifixion. And then early on that Sunday morning, at the empty tomb in the darkness, we discover in joyful amazement that the light of Jesus still shines, that the light of God's self-sacrificing love, the light of His relentless pursuit of the redemption of His creation, the light of a Holy Father who's willing to give the life of His perfect Son to make a way for rebels and scoffers to become sons and daughters of God, the light of a grace that is greater than all of our sin, the light of a mercy that is new every morning, the light of a blood that washes away every stain, the light of a power that sets us free. At the empty tomb, we see clearly That the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Sin can never extinguish it. Hell can never extinguish it. Sickness can never extinguish it. Disease can never extinguish it. Mental illness can never extinguish it. Pain can never extinguish it. Disaster can never extinguish it. War can never extinguish it. Pandemics can never extinguish it. Injustice can never extinguish it. Politics can never extinguish it. Addiction can never extinguish it. Abuse can never extinguish it. Shame can never extinguish it. The mistakes of your past. The pain of your present. The fears of your future. The attacks of the enemy. And the betrayal of your friends can never extinguish it. Suffering and persecution and even death itself can never extinguish it. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. This is the power of the God we serve. Nothing can stop Him. This is the message of the resurrection that we celebrate every Sunday, that death and darkness have been defeated and Jesus shines victorious as the King of kings and Lord of lords. That is the good news of the gospel that we proclaim, that by the grace of God, we are invited to be participants in the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. And when you have news that good, You have to proclaim it. you got to share it with somebody. You can't sit on that. You can't go to the tomb and find out that Jesus isn't dead anymore and just go, huh, what do you know? And then just like go home and knit. Like, you've got to tell somebody about that, right? Once Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene and she understood what the empty tomb meant, she went and told some of the disciples. And those disciples told the rest of the disciples. And those disciples told even more followers of Jesus. And by Acts chapter 2, there's a whole crowd of them gathered together believing that Jesus was risen from the dead and waiting to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came and filled them, they went out into the city and told everybody. And from there, they spread out and told everybody else until literally the gospel has spread around the world. And we're here today, you and I sit here today, because generation after generation after generation has declared the truth that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. And now, here in this city, in this generation, the message of the light has come to us. And it is our job, brother, sister in Christ, it is our job to share that message. It is our job to be the ones who goes and says, have you seen the empty tomb? Do you see what God has done? That message has been entrusted to you And to me, Pastor Shayoon shared uh, this part of my sense of calling to work for the redemption of Halifax. I went through a really dark period in my life, oh, seven or eight years ago now. I was questioning a whole lot of things. I was wrestling with a whole lot of questions. I had mental health issues. I had kind of a, a bit of a crisis in my calling, not that I didn't think I was called of God, but I didn't know what he wanted me to do next, where I was supposed to go, what I was supposed to do with that. And a friend of mine that I turned to for wise counsel, one of my mentors. I said, man, how do I figure this out? What do I do? He said to me, he said, AJ, if you were to give your entire life to something and it failed, what's something you care enough about that that would still feel worth it? Like even if you poured everything you had into it and you never saw the success or the impact you wanted, kind of like in Isaiah 6, right? We always talk about where God says, who will go for us and who will I send? And Isaiah goes, here am I, send me. And we go, oh, Great. And then we don't keep reading where he goes like, you're going to keep telling them and they're not going to listen. You're going to preach. They're not going to hear. Like I'm calling you to futility in a lot of ways, but that's my, my mission for you. He said like, AJ, what's that thing? And, and before I could think it, I really do believe it was the voice of the Holy Spirit said the redemption of Halifax. I believe that God wants to do something huge in this city. I believe that he wants to turn a tide of spiritual darkness that has been in this city for centuries I've been around here for about 20 years now and I'm a bit of a history buff and I'm going to be honest with you, I can't find anyone who, tell, who can tell me the story about the glory days of Halifax spiritually, like the time when the revival happened or that season where everyone seemed to be seeking the face of God, which just means we're due, right? Like we, That moment, I believe, is yet to come for this city and I want to see it. I want to be a part of it. And you're part of that too, church. God is raising you up to be part of the team of people that tells this world that the light has come into the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. I was, uh, I was born on a little island off the coast of Maine, which, yes, technically does make me an immigrant. Uh <laughs> It's like from 20 feet across the border, but technically in a different country. And uh, one day when I was in college, my dad and I went back for a visit. We went to visit a guy named Elmer Beal, who was a, an older gentleman that my dad and I had been friends with. Uh, and we, we come to his house and uh, knock on the door. He invites us in. Oh, come on in, come on in. And we come in and he's sitting there in uh, long johns, like head to toe. Uh, and that's it. Nothing else. No, like, regular clothes, just as long johns, full-length long johns, head to toe, and he says, oh, he says, forgive me, I just got back off the the boat. Now, this island, uh, little island, like I said, off the coast of Maine, everybody lobster fishes, right? That's what you do. Uh, You either lobster fish, or you sell the gear to the people who lobster fish, or you buy the lobsters from the people who lobster fish, but that's it. Like, there's not even a gas station on this island. Like, it's just lobster fishing. And he'd been a lobster fisherman for years, but by now he was in like his late 70s, early 80s. And lobster fishing is rugged work. Like there's not an easy job on a lobster boat, it's all really demanding. And so my dad said to me, Almer, he said, Are you you still fishing? And he goes, Oh, yeah, yeah. He said, uh, I retired several years ago. And uh, he said, I started to get arthritic, started to get stiff, started to have health problems had to go to the doctor all the time. I was falling apart, so I just went back to fishing. Now I feel great. There's something with like old fishermen, like they just can't quit. Like this guy probably started fishing when he was like 12, right? It's just like his body knows how to do that. And when he does that, he's good. And when he stops, things get messy. Now, in scripture, fishing is another metaphor for sharing the story of the light, right? Jesus says, hey, You guys who are actual fishermen, come with me. I'll make you fishers of men. I'm going to teach you how to help bring people into the kingdom. Instead of bringing fish into a net or into a boat, I'm going to teach you how to help bring people into the kingdom of God, how to share the good news of the light with them. That's what Jesus calls them to. And so fishing has kind of been a metaphor throughout Christian history for this mission that we're on.
0: I find churches get planted for one of two reasons. New churches start for one of two
1: reasons. Either people are tired of fishing and they've gotten all stiff and arthritic and grumpy and miserable and they're gonna go start a church that does things the way I want it, that meets my needs, that does what I like because life is tough and I need a church that'll take care of me. Or they start because there's such an overwhelming passion to share the good news of Jesus. Such an overwhelming passion to let people know that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. And so people form another boat and they load up onto that boat and they head out into those ocean waters, into those uncertain seas, into the darkness to tell people about the light. I believe that's what you guys are. I believe that Believer's House is not here to try to scratch some itch that a handful of people had. It's not here to go, we don't like the other fishermen over there, so we're going to be our own. It's saying this city needs more boats. This city needs more crews who are ready to fish. I mean, it's... You started a church in the middle of a pandemic. You don't do that to be comfortable. You do that because you're saying, look, people don't need Jesus any less. Life hasn't gotten any easier. The hopelessness hasn't gotten any lighter. Eternity hasn't gotten any shorter. Hell hasn't gotten any cooler. And if anything, heaven just seems all the more wonderful. God's grace hasn't become any less sufficient. His passion for redemption hasn't been on hiatus His command that we would go and make disciples hasn't been put under restriction. His call to lay down our lives and take up our cross and follow him has not been rescinded. People's need for an encounter with the risen Christ has never, in our lifetime at least, been more desperate. People need us. And God wants us to share that light. People need us. And God wants us to keep getting into those boats and heading out into a lost and dying world. And so, Believer's House, today, I just want to take a couple of minutes and speak blessing over you. I believe that God has a mission for this church I believe that it takes all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people and there's an assignment that God has for this church that deep water isn't going to be able to fill, that Cornerstone Wesley and my friend Den's church that I drove by on the way here isn't going to be able to fill. There's a group of us that meet together, church planters in the city, and King's Church is a part of that. They're not going to be able to fill. Groundswell's not going to be able to fill. Nova's not going to be able to fill. There's an assignment for Believer's House. There's a, a patch of ocean that you're supposed to go fish in. There's a corner of darkness that you're supposed to go shine your light in. I believe that with all my heart, and that's why I want to do anything I can do to help this church thrive, to succeed, to be effective in its mission. And so I just want to speak blessing
0: over Believer's House. Father God, we thank you for the call you've placed on this body of believers. We thank you that we get to be co-laborers with them. God, we thank you
1: for calling Pastor Shayun and Pastor Dorcas To launch this church. God, I thank you for the folks who are here, the folks who are online, the folks who are all in but couldn't make it today, who are a part of this church family. God, I thank you for calling them together to to be the crew of this boat, to be the team that heads out and fishes for people. God, I thank you that The genesis of this church is not a bunch of grumpy people trying to figure out how they can get further away from other grumpy people who should all be out fishing anyway. But it's a passion to see people reached for you, a passion to see the name of Jesus lifted high and to see you draw people to you, a passion to shine a light in the darkness of our city. And so, Father, I speak blessing over this church I speak unity. Father, we know that there's nothing the enemy loves more than to to get in and get the crew fighting with each other, to get the people who are steering mad at the people who are pulling the traps and grumpy at the people who are baiting and all that kind of stuff. God, we we come against that. I speak unity. Come against any sort of infighting or division, God, and I speak a unity that's not just peace but then an even deeper unity, God. I thank you for the diversity of this congregation people of different nationalities, different countries of origin, different cultural backgrounds. God, I pray that you would knit them together as a beautiful testimony of the unity that's only possible when Christ is our most common ground. Father, I speak provision. God, I know what it's like in the early days of a church plant when you got a whole lot of passion and a lot of energy and not much else. And uh, God, I just thank you for Uh, the willingness of this church to set out in faith, even when they don't have kind of all the kind of boxes checked in a 10-year fully funded financial plan. God, I thank you for that faith that we saw exhibited even this morning. God, I thank you that this is a church that is not running out, it is running over. And God, I speak your provision over this congregation and through this congregation, God. We know that so often the way you provide for us is through us, that the church has the money. It's just still all in the wallets of all the people who attend. And so, God, I just I bless this church with provision. I pray that as you open up opportunities and doors of ministry, as there's chances for them to advance the gospel in this city, God, that the question would never come down to, can we afford it? Is there enough money for it? Do we have the resources for it? God, I pray that you would just always supply what's needed. And I speak that kind of blessing, that kind of provision over them. God, I want to bless them with favor in our city. God, when when the time comes that this space is outgrown and it's time to find a new one, God, I speak favor with whoever needs to open that door to provide that space God, whenever there's situations where they need to interact with government or community leaders, God, I pray that those people would be thrilled that the folks from Believer's House showed up and be happy to help them with whatever they need. And God, more than anything else, I just, I pray for effectiveness. I bless them with effectiveness. That the ministry of this church would be fruitful. God, that people would be built up in the faith, that they would come to know you, Father, for people who are lost, wouldn't know you if they tripped over you in a dark alley. God, that there'd be something that draws them to this community and that they would find a relationship with you here, God, for folks who maybe uh, have gotten a little arthritic, a little crusty, but maybe they're saying, well, I'll check out church, I'll see what the deal is with this one. God, that there'd be revitalization and freshness that comes to their faith that this would be a place of, uh, of return and restoration and healing for people who, are, uh, who have been close to you but are not close to you now, who have once known you but have wandered away from you. And God, I pray that it would be a place of blessing and growth and health for those who do know you and love you and are close to you. And God, that they would, uh, that they would find their blessing in the going. God, that, that any sort of tendency to go, this boat is about me, or this mission is about me, God, that, I, that, that would, uh, that those attitudes of the enemy ultimately wouldn't take root in any hearts, God, but there'd always just be this overwhelming passion, this overwhelming desire to go and to shine the light, to tell the good news, to fish for people. And so, God, I bless this church family in the name of Jesus, with everything they need to accomplish everything you've called them to. And I stand against any attack of the enemy that would distract from that or detract from that. And God, we give you the glory for the continuing great reports we're gonna hear of what you're doing through this church. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. one more thing I wanna say uh, and then I should be somewhere on the home stretch. Should I go longer? I've been fine. Shaywin warned me about going too short. We, uh, at Deepwater, there was a season where we had to do three services back-to-back on Sunday, and uh, I had to like, train myself to preach for like 22 minutes. Uh, I usually preached 45, and then now when I have more time, I'm like, oh, yeah, i got to say more stuff. Um, I think for a lot of people, and, and I would say you guys maybe are ahead of the curve on this because you started in the middle of a pandemic, But for a lot of people, the pandemic has been an excuse to pull the boat out of the water and to go back and just kind of sit and just wait. And I've noticed in a lot of churches, mine very much included, a lot of people are just kind of in like a funk, just like a spiritual funk, an emotional funk. They're just like, and they think it's because of fill in the blank, pandemic restrictions, whatever else, the general state of the world, but I think, honestly, the biggest thing is they quit fishing. They quit fishing. They, they saw that as an excuse to pull the boat out of the water, to go back, just sit in their armchair somewhere and wait for it all to be over, because surely there's no way we could advance the mission of God during a pandemic, or as if to say, like, oh, I guess, you know, uh, people don't need Jesus for the next two years, so we can just relax, and I want to encourage you, brother or sister in Christ, if that's kind of been your mindset through this, maybe you're watching from home and that's been your mindset through this to kind of go, well, I think we just need to pause all this stuff. And I'm not talking, this is not a commentary on, you know, masks or social distance. None of that. I'm just talking about a mindset of being on mission. I'm talking about a heart to pursue the lost in whatever ways are available to us if that's where you've been at and you're finding yourself in kind of a funk, maybe the thing you need more than anything else is to get fishing again. Maybe the thing that's going to throw that off is not when the world reaches some perfect state or when you finally get enough rest. You know, I can't help. I go back to my buddy Elmer, right? Like his issue was not rest. Too much rest is what was killing him. He needed to work. He needed purpose. He needed a mission. He needed the the workout that comes from fishing. We as the church are not designed to play defensively. We are not designed to sit back and to take it easy and to try to, you know, just make sure everything's just comfortable. We're designed to go out. That's what we're supposed to do. We are called to be fishers of men and women. And when we don't do that, we get grumpy. <laughs> and so I just want to challenge you, if that's sort of where you've been, if you've been sort of just, well, I'll just well, I'll just we'll see, you know, like Lost people can wait. You know, the light just went out for a bit, but hopefully it'll come back on later. No, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish
0: it. Let's pray one more time. Father, I confess that far too often
1: I pay attention to the darkness Not the light that shines in it. That I allow my emotions, my hopes, my mindset to be
0: shaped by the darkness, not by the light that shines in it. That my sense of trust, my sense of optimism for the future
1: is shaped far more by the fact that there is darkness than by the fact that the darkness can never extinguish your light. So Father, would we leave here today with a renewed sense of confidence,
0: a renewed sense of boldness, a renewed sense of purpose, a renewed sense of passion, to be messengers of the light in the darkness. Because the light still shines
1: even in the darkness. And the darkness can never
0: extinguish it. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Um, I'm going to take it that you're overwhelmed a bit by the message. That's why you clap like that. <laughs> because you can do better than that for sure. <laughs> Okay, let's give A.J. a round of applause. All right. Um, help, me, help me put up 2 Timothy chapter 1 from verse 7 to 8. As he was speaking there, you know, I just felt like God is, you know, asking a few people if, you, if this message is something that you know that you needed to hear, you know, maybe you have never even had the opportunity of making Jesus your Lord at any time, right? Or this is just you know, a, a renewal of your your zeal, your desire to reach the lost. You know, I, I remember um, was the leadership small group that we had uh, together with AJ, with some of the pastors, and it was talking about clarifying the win. You know, for us as a church, our win is right there on that banner. We exist to lead people to Jesus, to make them more like him, and then see them lead others to him. That's the win for us. The win is not that we had a nice service uh, or that, you know, a lot of people showed up, you know, That's not the win. The win is we are leading people to Jesus. And those people are becoming more like Jesus. And then we are seeing them actually become mature enough to to go out there and lead other people to him. So we must always keep that in our mind. So I wanted to show you this scripture. uh, and This is AJ's scripture, actually. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. Many times this is the major problem for a lot of people. Especially in this climate, in this society. You know, everybody just wants to be in their own bubble. You know, nobody wants to intrude in anybody's privacy. You know, we just you know, and but I know that God gives us opportunities because He gives me opportunities <laughs> and I, I walk through those opportunities. So if you're if you're looking for those opportunities, they will show up. And when they do show up, you need to ask ask God for the for the this this you said he gave us a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. This is what we need to ask for, and ask God to help us to to you know get over ourselves, get over our you know, our desire to be comfortable, our desire to, you know, just, I don't want anybody to know me, you know, I don't want anybody to, you know, associate me with, you know, this, uh, this is all those Christians, you know, and some of us at work, people don't even know that you're a Christian, they don't know, like, people don't even, you can't, they can't when the day they say you're a, you're a Christian, they'll say, well, huh? <laughs> really, you know, that's a problem, it's a problem, it says, so never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord, and don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. Uh, there, is a, there is a suffering in this thing. It's not, it's not going to be all rosy. So I, I want us to, you know, in your hearts, I don't, I'm not going to ask you to stand up or come out or whatever it is. Just in your own hearts, just close your eyes for one second. And, and where you are, recommit, recommit to this mission of Jesus. This is all that Jesus died for. It's about reaching lost people. It's not for us to build empires, you know, or mega churches that, you know, people are just gathering every week. No, it's about reaching the lost, people that are far away from God. I want you to recommit your heart to, to this mission today and say, Lord, I want to be a doer of this word. I don't want, you know, this to just be, ah, this was Super Sunday. The message was so deep. I could not even shout. No, it's, it's to go out there and see the word produce results in your life. That when that time comes and we finally meet Jesus, you can you, 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 that crown of glory is not a fictional thing; it's a real stuff. So you you you, you will see that in heaven there are, there will be categories of people. There will be there will be categories based on the work that we did here on earth and the people that we brought to Him. So I want you to pray and say, Lord, help me, help me to recommit myself to this mission. I'm making a commitment today to rededicate myself to the mission of the church which is to make disciples of all nations. No matter what church it is, no matter where it is in the world, that is the assignment on the church, is to make disciples of all nations. And I am committing by myself, I'm not going to leave it to the pastors to, to do all the inviting. The least that I can do is to invite people to church. That's the least that I can do. That's the least that I can do. And if you're, and if you're here today or you're watching online, you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life. I want you to say in your heart today and say, Lord Jesus I believe in my heart that God sent you to die for my sins. I confess with my mouth that on the third day, you were raised to life again. Please open your mouth and say this one. Say, I confess with my mouth that you are the Lord of my life. Come into my life today and do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you this morning. We give you all the praise for your word. Thank you, Father, because... It is, it is you that works in us both to will and to do of your good pleasure. We leave this place today with a renewed commitment to do of your good pleasure. To follow after what, what pains you. That which your heart yearns for in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That we will not just be a church that is playing church. That we will be a church that is on mission. Pandemic or no pandemic. Restrictions or no Restrictions. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We recognize, Lord, that it doesn't take a ship. All you are asking for is a boat. That we will be a useful boat to you. And that when the time comes that you add more and more people to us, we will still have that same fire, that same passion, that same drive. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We give you praise and glory for it. And we thank you for those who have said this prayer to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Either... Those who are watching online right now, or in the room, or even watching this later on, and have said this prayer, we thank you because you have accepted them into your beloved. And we pray for them that you, your hand will be upon them. And from now on, they'll be able to grow and learn the things that have been fully given to them. In the name of Jesus
1: Christ. Thank you for listening to this message from Believer's House. We hope you've been blessed. Please visit us at www.believershouse.church for more information about our church or to send us your questions, comments, and feedback. We hope
0: to see you again soon.